It's the Almost Perfect Podcast. Welcome to the Almost Perfect Podcast, a celebration of fuck-ups, failures, and falling flat on your face. It's a podcast that believes you can learn from experience, but that experience doesn't have to be your own. Ha, I'm both perfect, and I'm a functional fuck-up. Let's learn from somebody else's mistakes. And today we're going to be learning from Sabello and Cabela. Now, Sabello is a music journalist, and he mainly specializes in hip-hop, and he's yeah a hip-hop writer for OK Africa at the moment. He's also quite a good photographer, and I highly recommend you go and check out his Instagram page, which I'm going to link in the show notes. Um, yeah, Sabello is one of my favorite writers in the country. He's one of the few music writers I actually read. Um, I know it might be a little bit weird as a music journalist um, to not read other music journalists, but I do. I do read some, just very few, because I find a lot of people to be quite pretentious, and you know, if they're not pretentious, they just lack knowledge. And they lack insight, and Sabello is the opposite of all of that. He's not pretentious, um, and he's full of knowledge and full of insights. And so I really appreciate his writing, and I appreciate his takes, and I think he's very important for hip-hop culture and for music culture in South Africa at the moment. I think he's probably one of the most like uh, reliable and relevant voices when it comes to hip-hop music in South Africa. So check him out if you haven't before. Go check out his stuff on OK Africa. I really recommend his interview that he did with Toomey, uh, also known nowadays as Stogie T. And also check out his piece that he wrote about Casper Biting. Um, I'm a big fan of both of those pieces and quite a few of his other things. He, he like he really just knows <laughs> so much when it comes to hip hop, and he loves like hip hop so much. He just loves bars. He loves raps, and that comes across in this podcast. You'll get to know him quite a lot. You'll get to know. You know, how he got into music journalism, his early days, where he's originally from, and, you know, all the things that relate to that and how it all got him to where he is today. And also, we speak a bit about the future of music journalism. We also just talk a lot about hip-hop and rap in South Africa. You know, all the stuff that you would expect to hear about the... You know, AKA and Casper stuff, the Nasty C A Reese. Uh, we even spoke about the Flex and Reason beef a bit because when I did this podcast, well, when I interviewed him, uh, that was going on. So this was last year, I think, December um, that we did this. And yeah, it was out at Kitchener's, which was pretty interesting. We had one of its interruptions, but I've, I've edited those out. So yeah, that's it. That's the whole vibe with Sabello. Um, other than that, I just want to thank Rash Short for becoming our latest patron on Patreon. It's a new thing I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be shouting out the new patrons. Patrons, sorry. So yeah, shout outs to you, Rai. Um, Rai's an old friend from back in the day who used to give me a lot of lifts and is now supporting my broke ass still. So thank you. Um, if you want to get involved with that, the Patreon is a way for you to give back to creators and also for a way to give for me to give you more. So if you enjoy this podcast um, and want to be more involved in it, say you want to suggest guests or you want to ask guest questions and stuff like that, or you want to ask me questions to be answered on the podcast, then cool, go over to Patreon. It costs $1 a month or $5 a month and you get, you know, different benefits based on that. And also I'll be doing giveaways. I've got sponsors called the, uh, well, called, <laughs> I've got spon sponsors, uh, the Unseen Shop and also Poison City Brewing. And I'm probably going to try to pick up some other stuff as i go along to give away on my patreon account there so yeah if you want to give back to the podcast and help me afford to eventually get a producer for this and to get someone to edit it and to make it way better than it is right now so that we can one day maybe call it the perfect podcast instead of the almost perfect podcast that'd be pretty dope and i'll give you stuff back for it 
Um, so yeah, go check that out. That's patreon.com forward slash almost perfect. You can also support the podcast just by liking us on Facebook or by just, you know, giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribing wherever you're listening to this and leaving a comment wherever you see a need to leave a comment. Let people know about it, share it, you know. Um, I really would enjoy that and appreciate that. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for all the support so far for the patrons that we already have at the moment. I really appreciate it. And just everyone who's been on board with it. The last few episodes have actually done really well, both the Lex LaFoy one and the Mitch Harper one. So it's already been a really good start to the year. I'm super stoked with it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And right now, here comes the latest episode of the Almost Perfect Podcast. Yeah, I was chatting to Lex earlier, Lex LaFoy, and she said she just did a cool photo shoot with you, man. Yeah, shit, like, I could show like, you the photos, but I'll show you later. But it's what made you want to ch- like work with her, like, because she was saying like it kind of was this rad organic thing. She had her album or her EP that she wanted to release in September, didn't manage to do it, and now because of that, all these rad things have happened. Uh, one of which is being this f- cool photo shoot. She's like, it loves it. Like she's super yeah, happy. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, well, I like Lex. Like I've always loved her, and I liked uh, Honey Bay's project that she put out. Um, but more than anything else, I've just. Uh, I'm just trying to really make sure that I have like strong images with my profiles. So I was like, when so I highlighted her. I'm the one who highlighted her. I was like, because she was saying that she's dropping a project, and I was like, um, it would be dope to do a profile of you because I kind of missed it last year uh, when she dropped the with project. With Honeybase, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, um, yeah, let's do an interview. Let's do a shoot because I've noticed that she's conceptual, she's creative. So I just. Um, I didn't even know what I wanted, like in terms of like the images, but she's like really creative. She came up with the whole thing, like the venue, the makeup, it was all on her. So yeah, it was really just a profile and just me wanting to have like strong images. And you know, I'm just trying to take as much photos as I can. By the way, when did you uh, when did you start photography? Because I mostly know you from your writing, like because yeah. I love reading your stuff. Thank you so but much. But then, like I've seen more and more on Twitter and stuff like that. I don't mm. follow you on Instagram. I probably mm. should. Yeah. But you've I been posting. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But I see that you, yeah, you um, post a lot of photos now, and mm. it's become like a bigger focus of your art. Like maybe. Yeah. Or I mean, I, I think uh, it just comes with. I don't want to get bored, you know. I just also I think in this climate you don't want to be a person who just does one thing. But when did I start taking photos? Shit, this is a I don't know actually. It's it been be, a thing you've been be, doing for a long time. No, not very very long, but it could be 2015, 2016. Like Damn, it's only two or three years. Yeah, cuz I Yeah, 2014, 2015. So it came it came from um uh, I was just tired of asking a photographer to tag along with me when I had to go to an event. Also, I was just tired of writing about events. It's like, instead of writing, let me just take photos. And also, when I was doing an interview, I would have to get, like, a photographer to be like, hey. So, so I was just like, I'm going to buy myself a camera, and I will do that. So, I never really thought I would become a photographer. I still, still, still quite, I'm still reluctant to call myself that. But I think this year... I'll tell you what, what just happened with my photography. So what happened is I... And then I just started taking photos. Like I bought a 700D or something. Oh, so you used a SLR? It was just, yeah, like um, an entry-level camera. And I just started taking photos. And people responded positively to my shit. And, you know, I was very lucky. I was working for Liberty Africa, like a company that has just mentors everywhere. And, you know, even my peers used to take photos. So um, my friend Andy, and of course, you know her? 
I know yeah. who she is. Uh, she's a rapper and a photographer and she does a lot of stuff. So we're hosting this hip-hop show together in Cape Town and you know, so I was just like learning from her and there was this girl called Onele and my friend Rafiwa. So basically I just took a camera and I would take a photo and I was like, it looks ugly. Please tell me how do I make this better? You know, went from was the on button like what is this you know just auto and going to an event taking this shitty photographs and people are like where are the photos you took at that event and and you like, you know what I mean? it was it was that but i was like you know that's the process you have to start there so yeah that's uh, that's just what happened and uh, so it was basically out of necessity pretty much that's what happened and you know like now i've had people being like can you come and uh we're shooting a video we need somebody to take bts Images, you know, because also my friend Motion Bailey, he was, um, he, he shoots videos. So I was just like always there when he was shooting, and I would take these BTS images. And every time we'd share them, people would be like, These are fucking dope. And he would be happy too. So just one, pro- just one project list to another. And, you know, like recently I got approached by, um, Wiz Kid. Was kid followed me on Twitter and DM me. <laughs> I can show yeah, you because because of your photos. Yeah, so I took photos at this pop up store like here in Bram, and then uh, I think Trace or like uh, they put up the images on Twitter and they tagged me, and then he saw that and he followed me and was like, "Bro, I love your work. We should work." I was like, "Oh shit!" Then he asked for my number. How does that feel? It's <laughs> Wiz Kid, man. It's, like, it's, how does that feel? Like insane. when I'm you still saw processing that. it, bro. And so it was like, yeah. He took my number and he was like, this other dude called me and I was like, yeah, bro, uh, I love your work. Uh, you know, I'm actually shooting a video in Bram today. Can you pull through at half seven? Time was like 7 p.m. I was like, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> my battery wasn't even charged, but I was like, I can I'll never say it. no to this. Yeah, so I found myself on set with him and I just took these photos. And so it's, it's been crazy. It's been really crazy. Like, it's been crazy. Like, even some artists are like, ah, bro. I like your images. One day I'll take you on tour. So it's just like a lot of these encouraging things that are happening. Nothing big has really happened I yet, mean, but you but know. But that would also be cool for your yeah. writing, though, to go on tour and like you know be I able mean? to document like both sides of the thing. Exactly. Like yeah, and you know, also I'm just realizing that writing is still important, but it's losing value. And yeah. I don't want to be an, a grumpy old man on some. You know, writing is important. Y'all young niggas must read, whatever, whatever. I'm just like, if people are not reading and people want to look at photos, I'll be able to... I mean, that's why I've transitioned into this more. I mean, I still yeah. write for Bubblegum Club, but yeah. I've shut down Durban as yours now because sure. it just wasn't worth it anymore. Like, yeah. like, and also, it was never like a professional project or anything. We never oh, made sure. much money. We never... Mm. It was always just like, you know, a side project between friends that, you know, did all right. But Damn now no, that was actually dope. I like that website. Can't I believe you shut down. Yeah, but I mean, fuck it. I don't want to be. I never wanted to be the editor of a website. That was never a goal in my life. Right, and it takes like, a lot out of your, out of you, eh? As you know, because you're the hip hop editor for OK yeah. Africa. Yeah. And how much like is that? Not really. I'm not an editor. I'm just a writer. And you're just a I writer. I edit every now and then, but I'm a staff writer. My job my job title says staff writer. But so yeah. you find yourself doing quite a bit more than that. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And what's yeah like how okay firstly how did you get into journalism how do you get into music journalism? It's a story that actually surprises a lot of people. So I studied electrical engineering in UCT, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's a long story how I ended up there. But family is involved, and like your maths marks are too good to waste on. Yeah, it's it was a complicated story. But yeah, I never loved it, man. Like I've always wanted to do media, and 
I was on my third year. Like I was there for four years, but I was on my third year and I was going to graduate the following year, hopefully. And, you know, for me, it just became a thing where I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this engineering bullshit. I hate to dress the way engineers do. Um, you know, I, I don't want to have a professional life and my real life. You know, I was, you I was one of those, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, so what happened is, um, so I've always been into hip hop, like heavy into hip hop. Like anybody who knows me, like there was a point in time uh, I was like, yo, hip hop is frustrating because I was trying to rap in Varsity. I'm going to stop. And this dude was like, dude, you can never divorce yourself from hip hop. It's pretty much the, it's your life. And I was like, shit, you're actually right. So what happened is I was part of the UCT hip hop club. So you're originally from Cape Town? Uh, I'm from Swaziland, but I, oh, so I went to okay. Cape Town to study. Yeah. Okay. Um, so my father's from KZN. Yeah. Long story, complicated. Well, we shit. might get into it, we might not. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then what happened is so I was part of the UCT pop club and then I became I found myself becoming the chairperson of that. Like I didn't even know what I was doing, but you know, I looked cool and every time I discussed hip hop with people I was like, Shit, your insights are so dope and then a friend of mine uh was starting like this website, you know, he was starting he was studying computer science. His name is Ushaga Zulu. Actually, his name is Ushaga and his surname is Zulu. <laughs> no bullshit. And then he was studying this website and he was like, you know, bro, I don't want to work. I want to start my own business. So we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to fuck up the game and we're going to start this website and make tons of money. But you know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that didn't end so well. But me and him actually had a fallout and out of anger i was like i want to prove this dude that i can do this shit so i was like you know what i went wild i was like every hip-hop website that i bumped into i'll go on the contact tab and i highlighted them and i wanted to write so i met this dude called s.jr i'm sure you've seen him on I've my seen, twitter yeah, yeah i see yeah. him a lot on twitter so actually this is the guy who gave me my break if i may oh, really? so yeah he was working for a checker like he still writes every now and then and then i was like you know bro i would like to write he was like bro bring your stuff stuff through and you know i was just doing q a's i was afraid of like writing like editorial stuff so i did that i did that and then i found myself doing an internship uh, at liberty africa a live magazine and I interned there for a very, very long time because that was the time when I... Love Mag. Yeah, uh, when yeah. I dropped out of Varsity and it was, it was tough. It was tough because my parents and my family, my mother was like, you know, you were given a chance to go to Varsity and you chose to be a smart ass and about it and you're going to have to make this work, you know, yeah. And, well, I mean, yeah, with that like stuff from your mom and that, like, yeah. how did that feel like to have her being like you should have been doing this thing and instead you're now suffering with this internship it's hard mm. and like w what were you feeling in those moments what were you thinking like were you thinking maybe i should have done engineering or were you like i'm gonna persevere through this and it's going to be okay um I'm, i can't even remember what i was thinking at the time but i remember thinking for me for some reason i just thought this is definitely gonna work out i didn't know how and you know my mother wasn't wasn't really it was just, it was harsh. tough love it was okay. tough love because you know she still gave me money to go and cover bushfire you know what i mean so she was like so she still, still supported, supported your yeah. dream even but, though she wasn't but she was approval. just like you know it was just a matter of because like even my siblings it was a matter of like you have a few months of us of living off us you know what i mean like you need to make this shit work 
And you know, I, I struggled. I struggled quite a lot. I don't think I struggled as much as other people do because I had a roof over my head and I was able to eat. And um, But yeah, so I ended up getting a job at Liberty. Like, it was a stroke of luck because the internship was ending in a few weeks and I was like, a lot of people were getting jobs. But you know, I hadn't started this thing. I wasn't even confident enough to apply for jobs. I tried to, I think I sent my shit to Hype, no response. Rolling Stone South Africa was still around just yeah. before they shut down and they took like a piece of mine but just before it could get published they shut down so it was looking kind of bleak and then but yeah so I were you going for print magazines mostly was that um, your mingle at the time they were the only ones who could give who could pay who could pay you well because I needed yeah. money and so yeah and then i started doing that job at liberty and it wasn't even like a writing job it was a content management job but you know every now and then i would write and my stuff would always just do well and then it ended up just being like you should actually be doing this it was just having like a really really great manager and she was like she ended up giving me like a writing job you know what i mean and then also i was like freelancing for okay africa at the time and i was i just sent them my stuff and for some reason they just responded and I, I, I know I why they responded going. dude your stuff is solid your <laughs> insights into things are thank you so much like there's a genuine that's the thing like when I read your stuff there's a genuine passion but there's also you think about shit man like yeah, like yeah. so much more than a lot of other writers in thank this country you, so you thanks like I don't want this to be a dick sucking face, but you have become one of the few people who I read. Like I sure. don't really read like a lot of South African writers sure. as much because I get disappointed a lot. Damn. I mean, well, when you me too actually. Like when you were saying like Harp and Rolling Stone, I was like, uh, I wouldn't really care if my like had bylines there. <laughs> like maybe Rolling Stone well, International, know, I, but I, Rolling Stone South up, Africa. I grew up I reading Hype, man. Like Hype but, was. But Hype used to be good, and then yeah. like the quality. Uh, like there's I I like pick up I still every now and again pick up an issue and there's so many like actual grammatical errors and stuff and that's sure, I struggle sure, with like sure. that's, that, that's like sad. if it's going into print like but I mean and you know they're a, they're a real magazine they've got editors they've got everything they're not just like an online site running with like yeah. a shoestring budget yeah, but yeah. maybe I just saw things once or twice and thought that's how it always is yeah i mean i still buy hype every now and then i try to still buy it don't always read it but i still buy it you know just because again to support i grew up reading hype man like all the insights that you're saying i have comes from because that. i was reading hype because when i was like growing up in swaziland like uh you know i grew up in a rural area we didn't have much you know um so i used to just listen to the radio and I would read hype and it really really and you know it came with the hype sessions um, CD so yeah yeah really really gave me my I insight so you know to this day I would still I would still love to to write for hype I have like so many ideas in but my head where you I would could like, now like, like <laughs> I mean can you write for Africa and other stuff I'm sure they don't mind do they yeah I mean I, I, I still could yeah like I just think at the moment you I mean hype would I'm sure hype would love to have <laughs> you. <laughs> listen to you oh yeah it, it's probably gonna happen probably still gonna happen yeah so what got you into hip-hop what was the whole thing i mean like yeah <laughs> uh, wow i never know how to answer the question so i grew up on guaito i think like a lot of like kids my age uh grew up on guaito yeah, hip-hop wasn't really that cool in south africa yeah. it was southern africa yeah. Like, yeah so i grew up on you know hip-hop every now and then you know tupac DMX, yeah. you'd hear that on Wu -Tang. the radio. You know, not so much Wu Tang. You uh, know, that it's, that it's actually it's, like it's actually quite weird. Like that in Swaziland, a lot of us grew up on mainstream rap. You know, 
Okay. So Wu Tang, not so much. But yeah, so it was that, and then, you know, I think there was a time when uh, when I got to high school because I went to a school in town because I was still living in a rural area and. Uh, you know, people were listening to Dr. Dre and Eminem, and you know, I knew those names, but it wasn't like I'd never really been into them. So I just got into it that way through people in school, and it just stuck, man. Like, but I've, what I've was it about it that like con- you connected with? So I think it's the same thing as Guaido for me, and you know, maybe I'm able to define it now. I didn't know back then, but I'm not a fan of soft things. You know, by soft is like you know R and B. I grew up around R and B, but I to this day, I still it. don't like it. I mean, I do get it, but, you know, even like... That's even funny, because rap and R&B are adjacent to each other, just so completely yeah, different. but for me, it was like, if a dude is just going to sing throughout, not for me, you know? So, because, and, you know, the, the only R&B I like now, it's like, you know, the trap stuff, because yeah, yeah. I think I like beats, you know? And hip-hop and Guaido, they have that in Very common. Very Also, yeah. like, you know, the... Uh, I think like now looking at it also just the spirit behind it the independence the subversion you know what i mean uh, i think i like that about rap because you know it's like this thing that i always tell you today so i'm like i hear a lot of people on the internet like it's a new wave where people are like creating in my own terms uh not creating uh white gaze whatever i'm just like you mean the thing that rap has been doing for a whole you know 30 how many years decades, you know what i mean so i'm just like that that's that I think that's what got me into rap and also I'm never gonna lie as a kid you know the the swearing yep. I'm not even gonna lie I like that you know and you know so I think more than anything else it was just like the the rebellion that comes with hip hop yeah I would say that yeah I get that because I mean I grew up on hip hop and punk basically like uh-huh. more punk than hip hop but when I like very same spirit I must it, say exactly yeah. so that's why because I mean where I grew up like was a pretty hip hoppy community but mm. I connected with like I, w- I would go to the Winston and I would go to like punk shows and stuff like that mm. but then I'd come back home and everyone would be listening to you know Wu-Tang like that, mm. that's why I brought them up because for me shit. that was the shit that like everyone in Umbilo listen to. Nah. Like, if you don't listen to Wu-Tang, if you don't listen to Dre, like, Shit. fuck off. Like, yeah. you're, not, you're not welcome here. <laughs> yeah, Wu-Tang, I only met Wu-Tang really, really late when I was, like, exploring rap. But for me, it was just, like, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, you know, 50 when he came. Um, yeah, I only got yeah. into 50, like, later and, because yeah. I, like, was like, fuck this, so the fuck this thug laugh <laughs> shit, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, gang, I was, like, I was pretty anti-gangster rap for a while oh, for some shit. reason. Yeah. But I've grown to appreciate this. I've grown to appreciate yeah. all the different forms of rap music. That's That's the thing about... Which is why I don't like reviewing albums, per se, because for me, I feel like it's very subjective, you know? Yep. Like... But that's all you it is. It's, it's one person's subjective opinion yeah, based on experience. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just like I can imagine somebody rolling their eyes just reading a review. Because every time I read a review, you know, just like somebody who's anti-gangster rap at that time. You know, they're like, why aren't these dudes making constructive music, blah, blah, blah. And then five years later, this person gets to understand gangster rap. Now they're the ones who are telling us that, oh, man, gangster rap is A, B, C, and D. And... For me, I go through a lot of changes because there was a time when I was anti-trap. Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? Or there was a time when I was, you know what I mean? And now it's like, I used to love boom bap and I'm just like, make it stop. It's so boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> like like so, after a while. So now I would review a boom bap album coming with that. It's boring now and I don't want to be but, that person. But you see, the thing is, I think that's still okay because 
writing like that like a review isn't this thing that's set in stone it's from that person's opinion and people get attached to certain writers and stuff yeah. like throughout history I mean like even me growing up I had my writers who I read and like I cared about their opinion because mm. their opinion was often similar to mine I read reviews of theirs that about stuff that I already liked okay. and they said similar things and so in future I would trust their opinion a little bit but I would still you know have my own opinion about stuff I think reviews yeah. are Reviews are not for the artist at all. Reviews are for the public. Like reviews, sure. reviews are entirely a conversation between the public, saying yeah. this is what we think of this music. Yeah. I don't think, a, like, I don't think an artist should ever read reviews. To be completely honest, how do you feel about that? Artists reading reviews. Yeah, as I'm telling you, like, for me, actually, I believe that reviews is like a straight review where you're gonna write on the headline that uh, Stogie T, Honey and Pain album review. I think that's dead man like that's yeah. pitchfork stuff like for me i believe that reviewing an album and this is what i tell people who want to write for us and i'm like don't review it tell me what what you took from that album yep you know what i mean so something that you can say in a sentence so something like um and i'm sure you've seen like our headlines are very like conversational clickbaity and you know that for, that for me is how we should write online so you um, trying to think of something uh, so you know I'll just say something like really crazy so you could say um, aka reconnects with his colored roots on touch my blood <laughs> I want to read an, an article that has that headline but not a person who's gonna be like I'm critiquing this album and I'm saying it's good but if that was like a, a colored person B, relating yeah. to the TRO stuff and yeah. like you know stuff like and going like yeah. aka you know like that would be have a lot more weight like yeah because for me music writing is <coughs> music writing for me and i'm not trying to sound all smart and shit it's like because i believe that music doesn't exist in a vacuum so no. i think no it does it's always for me relating it to real life to be like what is happening here what what is what influenced this music you know so when you listen to a guy like reese for example it's like um uh, he raps about bitches a lot. He raps about money a lot. He raps about smoking weed a lot. And I've been, I went to, I've been to where these dudes spend most of their time. And I was like, this is really their reality. This is really their lives. And um, but do you not think their lives might become like that because of the uh, thing that's been shown to them before? There's also so that. they aspire to it. There's and then they also love it. that. There's also that, you know. So for me, I think writing that tries to connect the dots makes more sense you know it's like uh, why is aka doing pop and you know kind of like also just tracing it and be like it's always been there in his music or you know what i mean yeah. i think that makes more sense otherwise i feel like on the internet where everybody gets albums at pretty much the same time you, well, you might get really, them a week sooner but it's like uh, you know what i mean <laughs> it's, it's it's like it's people are going to make up their minds about whether it's good or not. I don't think it's a writer's job anymore to tell them whether it's good or not. But it, it's your right, It's a writer's job to actually give them context as to be like, you know what I mean? Uh, you just verbalize like things I've been thinking oh, forever. Because yeah. that's the thing. I yeah. agree with you. I don't think when I write about something, I'm not going to tell you if it's good or bad. I'm just going nah. to tell you what I feel about it. Like, yeah. And I'll give you context, I'll give you information about the artists that you might not know, because I also write about a lot of artists that don't have anything written about them. That's like exactly. my favorite thing to do, is to yeah. find people and give them like a little bit of exposure. Like yeah. that, that's why I do, like that's why I got into this, was just so that I could promote artists that I saw weren't getting promotion. Yeah, I know, I've, I've noticed that you also gravitate towards the, um, 
I want to say unknown, but you know, the I would say left Lesser field, or, yeah. yeah, you know, um, I've, I've noticed that. Whereas you, you also like to dig into the actual culture, the bigger culture of what's happening right now on a big scale, yeah. as well as you do highlight underground cats as well. So yeah, for me, man, it's like, um, so this is the thing that I always tell people, like, and it confuses a lot of people because in hip hop, it's either you are for the anesthesis and the AKAs or for the, uh, shit, I don't even know who's underground anymore. Ballo and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I'll say Manelis, because you're from Durban, yeah. or, uh, and then you're like, ah, oh, man, these commercial dudes or whatever, whatever. Or if you're the commercial dude, you know, like I was in an Uber with this other girl and then started playing, I think I started playing a Doomy song and she was like, nah, stop playing that deep hip hop. I was like, don't you <laughs> like rap? So for me, I just like rap, rap, you know, the whole spectrum because it's like, and I think there's this thing that Rizin said in an interview with The Sobering where he was like... Um, yeah, that's a good podcast, I man. love that shit. They're, yeah. they're dope. I like them. Where he was like, I didn't fall in love with an era. I fell in love with hip-hop. So for me, it's always been like, I love the boom-bap stuff. I still love the trap stuff. You know what I mean? And I think very, very few people are like that. Like, even with the writers. Like, writers... Um, oh, but as a writer, you have to diversify. You know though. what I mean? Yeah, so for me, and, you know, it... it I think I just appreciate everybody for who they are. That doesn't mean that I love everybody or everything, but you know, I, I try to appreciate everything uh, for what it is. And how do rappers feel about you? Do you know, like, like when they read your work, do you, cause I mean, you more and more, I see interact with people within yeah. the industry a lot more when yeah. I'm sure when you started, like, like with me, like, you know, you're an outsider yeah. kind of thing and yeah. you're just a fan and you appreciate, but yeah. then you, you become part of the culture. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, like have I'm you never, had I'm have never, you had anyone give you shirts or most people are like thanks or do you not, get thanks? Not really. And yeah, some people do say thanks. I mean, um, I mean, I became I want to say close, but I talked to Doomy because I just kept on writing dude, a lot interview. about his shit. You know what dude, I mean? Dude, that fucking interview. Oh, you like that shit? Fuck, dude, that interview and your piece on Casper, two of like my favorite things. By oh you, dude. shit! Like, thank yeah. you so much. So. Um, I, I don't I don't really try to make friends with with artists like I think that affects your objectivity also you know I just don't try to make friends in general so <laughs> those I sometimes I bump into an artist they're like oh shit I liked what you wrote about that um, but others you can tell that they acknowledge that you exist so a guy like Casper who I think is just too big to be interacting with a guy like myself yeah. um, I've written both positive and negative stuff about him and I think I'm very lucky that both him and AKA, they haven't blocked me <laughs> and I still get invites to their listening sessions and all that. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but it's, it's, it's the thing the is your work doesn't come from a place of hatred or dislike. Yeah. There's no maliciousness. Yeah. When you say yeah. something negative about someone, it's from a real place. It's like, yeah. like, cause that whole Casper article you wrote was essentially about him being a bit of a biter. Yeah. And he is. Like, exactly. And it, like, I'm not going to mention on like on here who I've had conversations with about because mm. they're famous and stuff mm. but yeah dude like uh, these are conversations that people have been having for years like people in the rap industry True. and you were the first one to really write it on a platform where people listened sure. how was the response sure. to that article um it was it was actually dope and obviously you would expect his stands his stands <laughs> to be like call you a hater so there was a lot of that but there was also like, you know, you actually have a point or people being like, I've been saying this. Oh, so it was it was that, you know, and um, and some people, they don't they just read the headline and then they, they don't read your argument. You know, there's 
it was it was a it was a whole range of responses but more than anything else from people who actually really like took time and read um it was it was good it was good it was good what do you feel about his uh, moving to quieto as a you grew up as a quieto fan yeah. and um so when he when he first came out really he was he was like a quieto boy whatever pantula yeah my first was inspired by my first thing was like gusheshe with you malums I mean? that was the yeah. first thing i know of his so yeah. i in his all his albums i kept on expecting him to go back to that go back to that but instead he went the more international route yeah and, and and you know he still owned it you know but so on paper that was that album sweet sweet and short yeah it's just come yeah. out i i was excited for it man you know when i heard i haven't heard it yet get a 2.0 dude that song is days. a banger so i liked those two songs but i didn't like the song with three that's terrible so the album i don't like it is it yeah what like, what is I the rest like, of the album like i like the the concept behind it but i think it's weak man like you know it's 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 so average like um is that song where it does it does it frank casino where they sample mambot and i'm like if you go oh sample God. something so classical the, one of the best produced songs in the history of you know african what I mean? music so yes. it's like so for me it was like if you're gonna if you're gonna take a tkz classic bro you better do something amazing with it and for flat. me it felt like he's just leaning on it's being quite so and yeah. it's throwback and, and stuff and you know the nostalgia yeah. like oh shit is rapping over mambot so so do you think he's a better um not tastemaker but he can read the that get yeah, the culture of the time or what people want and oh, you mean why he's still so popular yeah, well not just that but like with the, the stuff that he creates seems to be he can pick like what people are going to like but he doesn't necessarily produce the best version of that thing um I just really think he has loyal fans and I think you know South Africa South Africa um cuz but all South Africans like South Africans gravitate towards stories instead yep. of the actual I mean that's how you can Casper are as big as they are you know what I mean so it was like ah oh, man this yeah and he that's the the narrative that is pushing that ah oh, this young black kid came from nothing I want to fill up the stadium man it's been my dream and you know, I'm doing shit for the culture and then brands are like jumping onto that because you know they want to look like they supporting these black dreamers and you know also and I'm not even going to lie from his story inspires me you know it but I think in South Africa we especially you know like the people listening to hip hop now because those are not hip hop fans you have to understand yeah. that hip hop is just the pop music of the day and people are listening to it doesn't necessarily mean that they're hip hop fans so what happens is that these are people they just like i mean i'm just so inspired by this guy like he's so dope he's so dope you know it's like so for example it's like a festival like abantu you know people love the idea of it so much that the book festival they the yeah they don't even critique it. people don't critique that that you know everybody who goes there is like oh my gosh it's the best thing i've ever been to but a few people are like ah oh, actually there was abc and d that was that i didn't like you know so i think for me people always take it personally when you're like oh caspar's a biter they're like i mean you're hating on this guy is like cuz you know it's like even on the greatest of all time list or the hottest mc's list people are always like you know caspar is like the one man because i'm like yeah he's making these moves but the music is not it you that's, know what i mean so there's very much i felt so about I think, him for a long time i think it's it's not him it's our people it's our people you know people you think are, people buy into the hype and the story the what's being sold to them yeah, essentially yeah definitely and you know if you look at like south african media we don't really have 
that many critics. No, we don't you have know, many good I've, ones. I've read, yeah, I've read a lot of stuff on Casper, and I'm like, wow, you just told us that that album is dope. It's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? This, yeah, this is the biggest issue I have with a lot of music writing is that it does seem to just be kind of ignorant a lot of the time. It does seem to just be people hopping up stuff without being super critical of it. And you know, for me, I think like with a, a genre like hip hop, because hip hop is not a thing that you can just get into in a year and get like, oh, no. you know, but these are people like this is a person, they work for drum, they're the arts writer and hip hop and they've been is, given this album is, to the, is the genre now and they must write about it and they, you know, it doesn't mean that they really know what they're talking about. Like, I've seen a lot of horrible shit, you know, <laughs> like even just some people, um, like some factual inaccuracies. Like there was a time when people were like, season powerful, oh man, it's the first for a South African hip hop artist to put out a book and an album it was like, has been done many times. Dumi did that many years ago. Emil YX did that many years ago. They were like, what is this? This crew that Toya Delaysa put together, they were like the first ever all female hip hop crew. And so I was like, Godessa is not even the first one. Yeah. <laughs> there was your girls in the 80s. But you know what I mean? So I just think, um, I think just our. But do you think journalists are letting people down then? They are, but I don't think that's. That is their fault. I think it's also just the media industry not having a lot of money to actually employ people who can do the yeah. job. And I mean, I mean, and I even find, like, even myself, like, I'll be slightly less harsh these days just because of... You don't want to fucking hurt people. You don't, like, you don't want to cause drama. So you, you just don't, don't want to be the asshole all the time. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. That's exactly it. It's Cause, like... Because, you know, also, as I said, that nothing exists in a vacuum. Things are the way they are because, like, as I said there are many issues and th there's a lot of issues and also you know there's just people not caring some people just don't care you know yeah. um, they're just like oh we have an article on Casper it's gonna do the numbers but have you read it does it make sense but also the person doesn't even know if it makes sense or not because they don't know about the shit you know so which is why for me I just always stick to rap because it's the thing that I would say it's I really know it um, I respect other people's jobs. I would leave the electro stuff to people who know about electro. I would leave rock to people who know about it. And I wish everybody did that. But, you know, again. Yeah, I mean, I've gone into the... I write about a lot of different stuff. But it's also, I do just listen to a lot. And I've spent my entire life just literally reading and listening to music. So, regardless of genre. I mean, as I said, I grew up on hip-hop and punk. But I also would be dancing around my room to Britney Spears, you know. Oh, so... And as I've gotten older, I've really got into like electronic stuff, especially in South Africa. I think yeah. like the production level here no, it's fucking is insane. fucking insane. Yeah. Like uh, for me, it's not. It's not even a matter of like I only listen to rap. That's that's yeah, not true. But I it's listen just, to other. You know, to write about. you know, you know, it's like um, you know, it's like when I see uh, women discussing their issues online, and then you just find niggas <laughs> just being like, hey, I'm just like, but this is not, not for, for you, you to comment, even if you care about it. In this very moment, sit the sit the fuck down, shut the fuck up, and listen. Get schooled. You know what I mean. So it's like, um, you know, when when uh, like even now with the. Dude, that's why I should sit sit down, shut the fuck <laughs> up, and read your work. <laughs> you know, it's like even now with the flex and reason thing. You're getting a lot of people being like, uh, 
uh, Flex is so disrespectful. I'm like, it's a diss track. That's literally the it's whole entire point. It's to be disrespectful. You I know mean, what I mean? What like what are you expecting? Is he like meant to tickle the guy? You like, know what I mean? So I'm just getting also a like, lot of shit open. Like listen to like, fucking Tupac. Like, I fucked your bitch, motherfucker. Opening lines. You know what like, I mean? Like oh, what are you what are you talking exactly. about? Disrespect. Yeah. Like yeah. so again, I'm just like you know, this is one of the conversations that it would be okay for you to sit it out and <laughs> you know just listen to the people who know what the fuck this is but you know social media gave everybody a voice and we comment on everything i don't understand how people can have an opinion on everything it's weird <laughs> it's fucking weird like i care about gender women's rights and all that but hardly hardly ever comment because i'm like i'm just not schooled enough about this subject i'm just gonna it's probably better to just amplify the voices you then. know what i mean exactly my point so yeah, I think I think there's a lot of that. I don't even know why how we got here, but yeah. Bro, that's what this podcast is like. It's really just a conversation, and every yeah. now and again, I'll ask yeah. you a question yeah. or two. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I mean, we discussed Casper. Yeah. What are your feelings on AKA? Because I honestly feel like that guy just grew up watching wrestling and knows how to <laughs> manipulate people by playing playing the heel. You know, like he wants yeah. to he wants to do that a lot. He wants to. I I mean, I like his music a lot more than mm, Casper's. Of course, like, of course. I think way better. Yeah, um, but also I hate his like online persona. But mm. I know I'm meant to hate his online persona. Oh, uh, I I don't have any that many reservations about AKA at all. Like for me, I think um, I like I I'm I'm actually part of the legacy. I'm just too old to be going on about it. But I really like AKA fans since like twenty four seven three six six mixtape. Like that's my shit. Alter ego. Uh, levels and you know there was this thing that it did with DJ Fanatic so I, I love I love him I think you know for me in the mainstream like in his generation you know he's really one of those dudes who I think can rap when he wants to like if yeah. you listen to the Touch My Blood album like the opening joint I'm like that is some really really great rapping because it's like you know he pauses in between he stretches his line and, you know, if the bar doesn't fit in the pocket, he has a way of, I think that song He's is, putting it in where I think to. that the song is incredible. Like, it's actually one of his most impressive, in my opinion. So, But the entire album, how did you feel about it? One, it was too long. I uh, had a lot of fillers. Yeah, uh, that was my biggest issue. If he had stuck to the 11 songs that he always does, I think it would have been tighter, you know. Um, yeah, like... I don't like that Beyonce song. Not uh, so much because he's dissing Bonang. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I mean, it's your personal you diss whoever you want. Just yeah. like, I don't have a problem with that. But then is and then coming to his online persona. Um, again, I don't, I don't agree with everything he says. You know, uh, but I've just really decided to allow people just be. And you know, a lot of times I'm just like, wow, it would have been great if you shut the fuck up there. But <laughs> it's like. But the thing is, he's Talk saying, shit. He's saying it shit, to man. get the retweets. He's saying it to make people riled up. That's why I say, like, I think he is definitely, like, in that wrestling, like, my, like frame of mind. And mm. that meme frame of mind. Same way yeah. that Drake does, you know. Yeah. Like, they do things because they know that you I are going to respond. Uh. It's not necessarily genuine, but mm. it is a way to constantly be in your consciousness. To constantly have you thinking about him. Yeah, and, and there's also, also, I just feel like he's a guy with a lot of, he has a sense of humor. And he's very egotistical. And I've noticed that, you know, egotistical people then, they will make everything about themselves. Yeah. And, you know, also for me, just, you know what I mean? Also just growing up on rap, Tupac, 
Tupac, if Tupac was on Twitter, I would basically be like, AKA. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if you've watched that, that, what's that resurrection documentary? I'm like, wow, you are such a disgusting human being. But I've also grown to appreciate that about rappers that they don't hide who they are. You know, they don't hide. Sometimes they have like the most problematic sentiments, and I'm like, that is bullshit. But, but how, how I would rather rather that than people who actually go online and talk the talk, but they don't walk it. It's because it's at least an honest expression. This is the thing that I've been struggling with a lot because I still love rap music, but yeah. rap music's super fucking misogynistic, and you know, it, there's really awkward fucking lines in some of my favorite songs that Hell like yeah. I can't sing along to anymore. But when yeah. I was younger, I did relate to it because I did feel similarly to that. Yeah, and. So there's this big thing of like the responsibility of the artist. Are you responsible to be honest or responsible to how your stuff influences people? What is like what is the importance there? Like what do you what do you like but this is obviously going to be different for each individual artist. Yeah. You know, like what do you think? Like is what I'm saying going to negatively influence people or is what I'm saying the truth? Um I don't I don't I don't think that artists should really be Worried about the influence. Responsible for all that shit. I don't think so, you know. And a lot of people always disagree with me on this, and I'm just like, you know, man. Um, this is a person. Just talk your shit. Talk your shit. Like, cause I think, and this is the thing that I always say to people. I'm like, um, other than educate, just ed- people should be educated. And by educated, I don't mean go to school. But I'm just saying that. Read up a little it bit. It should. It should come from a genuine place. So that's why I was saying the reason I don't have an issue with an AKA saying all this bullshit is like that is really who it is. But I have a problem with uh, and you know this is the thing that I discuss with my girlfriend a lot. I'm like every time I read somebody's tweet I'm like oh here you are going on about empowerment but I know you're sleeping with a married man. <laughs> you know you're actually you just know what I mean? completely hypocritical. So I'm just saying yeah, be so, honest and so I appreciate I appreciate the honesty in rap. You know and there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, wow, that's really fucked up. But I'm like, that is who you are. And I hope, I hope you grow and I hope you change. So if you listen to a guy like Nasty C, I'm just like, whoo. Yeah, this last album Damn, was kind of disappointing you know, for me. No, nah, I actually like that album. But, you know, there's like a lot of, there's a, like a lot of misogyny. But then again, for me, I think what I liked about rap is that as much as rappers are thoughtful, they're not overthinkers. Sure. You know, rappers are just like, I love money, I love bitches. That is what I'm going to rap about. You know what I mean? And I, I'm, I have a problem I mean, with the person. Unless you care as yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, Karis is a whole different story. I have a problem with people who are like, on, off, offline, they like money, they like bitches. But then online, they're like, you know, this is not the life to live. I'm just like, what the fuck? Just shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? So just be consistent. It's it's tricky for me. It's a tricky one for me. I, I do cringe a lot when I listen to rap. But then again, I'm just like, I would rather cringe to you being honest than listening to somebody lying to me. That's, that's, that's me. Yeah. I appreciate and, and, that a lot. Sorry. And also it's like, um, there's this piece that I wrote. I uh, can't remember about which rapper and you know the editor was like an old white man I think and then they were like uh, why aren't you calling out the misogyny in this and I was like I hear you where you're coming from but then if I'm gonna call this person a misogynist then I, I haven't found a way of dealing with misogyny in hip-hop because it's embedded in hip-hop and I'm not saying that is a good thing but it's like I can't then be like nasty C is a misogynist because if I'm doing that every single rapper album 
you know what I mean? So I was like, you can put that line on there. I, I just, for me, I didn't leave it out, not because I, I don't agree. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't see it or I don't hear it. It's just like, I haven't found a way of dealing with misogyny in hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that is such a big fucking like it's thing. And I mean, yeah. so many women have written about it and like, and that's kind of where my thought leaders are with this. But so many women are also like, yeah, it's a part of it. And you know what? We enjoy sometimes. And they listen. Like, you yeah. know, so there's this piece that a friend of mine shared on, it was on GQ, GQ UK or America, I don't know, yeah. where this woman was like, you can't be a massage, a, 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 a feminist and listen to hip hop. And I was like, I've been wanting to have this conversation with other people because you guys go on the internet and tell us that you're misogynist, but then you're listening to rap. And I'm like, this doesn't add up, you know what I mean? Also, what does it say about me? Does, I mean, does it mean I should stop listening to rap? I'm going to die for stop listening to rap. <laughs> I mean, you could try to find just the more conscious rap, but then you're just going to be bored to shit. That boring shit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's I some know. fun conscious stuff, but there's also just fuck. Like, I mean, you know, much. you even go to a Kendrick or a J. Cole, they're still calling women bitches. They still, yeah. you know, it's... I mean, it's, it's kind of just Lupe on his ace there with the bitch bad. Like, you know, I don't know, man. Like, it's um, it's tricky. It's quite tricky. It's a, it's a tricky one. I, I I don't have I don't have the the diction or the skill to to deal with misogyny in hip hop. Um, Why do you like rap beef so much? I don't like rap beefs. I just love raps. Okay. Rap beefs usually come with raps. Well, so do you in find a perfect world? <laughs> and now they come with tweets. Yeah, but. Weirdly enough, so this only gonna come out in January, but we just had some Twitter shit yeah. turn into some bars. Like That's what I was celebrating and I know a lot of people would think I'm celebrating uh whatever drama. whatever. Um I mean I don't hate the drama because also it's just rap shit. It's nobody 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 none of them I don't think any of them can actually act like victims because <laughs> in my opinion both of them were just like being extra because you know even the way reason um approached that to me i was like so i don't think that is you should have come at that dude that way you know what i mean so for the people who don't know what we're talking about now um this rapper flex he's a younger guy you said he won the vuzu what was the competition the The vuzu hustle he's put out an album and stuff and then he admitted on twitter that he paid nine thousand eight hundred rand to get his song on metro quite an odd figure and it never happened like it just never happened so he tweeted about it and reason quote tweeted him being like ah you just admitted like you know that Which you could everybody had said right yeah yeah but now flex came back and delivered a pretty hectic diss track like there Bro. was some there was some pretty below the belt type yeah shit, man. <laughs> like so yeah for me it's um i mean i like and this is the thing that i always say to people it's like um, people are always like you must listen to rappers with a message I'm like I don't care what a rapper is rapping about for me it's about the skill about the wordplay like, about you know, how they deliver I, I, I'm not even going to lie I do appreciate a guy like Stogie T or Kendrick because or a youngster who are going to really talk about issues that are um, affecting us it's, it's beautiful I love it but I can never ever dismiss a rapper just because he's rapping about mundane shit you know like the one of my favorite albums this year is like the Aries, words and air call project is called Long Lost Letters. Nothing is gonna change your life. I, I actually need to listen shit. to that because I got turned off of Aries by that Zimbali song. Just because oh, it's sh- like oh. I woke up in a new Bugatti. Like yeah, I've I heard this song I, I before. I heard you saying that on your episode with Luanster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like 
So I really do need to give him another listen because I, I, yeah, I, I, but that's also my problem is I can just turn off to someone so easily yeah. and then because there's also there's so much music out there. So like, yeah. I'm going to just yeah. go to the next thing. Yeah. yeah. So that album for me is like nothing is going to save your life. Then nothing is going to change the world. But is it when just you're just listening, they're just really great rappers when you're listening to the flows and just how they are approaching beats. That to me, rather that than a guy who's boring and he's talking about, you know, for example, like season four for that album <laughs> that he put out, I thought that was trash. I'm like, very, very important things you're talking about, but this is not how you rap. You know what I mean? Well, I don't think that album's got like played a second time many times. I don't think anybody has played it twice, except for who's that guy from that talk radio? Uh, Eusebius. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He was, t- he told us that is a masterpiece. I was like, I don't, I don't recognize you anymore. That is, <laughs> nobody in this world can think that is a masterpiece. No way. Yeah, but I mean, Yusufus has his intellectualism that, you know, he is attracted to clearly. And, you know, that's a very interesting thing for me because now woke people are coming and telling us that, you know, hip-hop, I'm just like, you don't know how to judge rap. Stick to your lane. Yes. Just because a dude is going on about land and misogyny this you still have to be a good rapper to earn my respect. Exactly. You still got to put that in a great way. Like, exactly. especially if you're touching on those subjects, yeah. Bec- then that's where at least Kendrick does shine in that. Like he yeah. has managed to yeah. take, I mean, he turned fucking, you know, alcoholism into a song where everyone got fucked up to it. Like, really funny. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I feel like people never listened closely to the song cause people thought that was a song about getting drunk, but it was actually about <laughs> exactly. growing up in a, around alcohol and just how detrimental it can be you know what i mean um and yet it's a joel song you know what i mean (laughs) but you know so i i i I want that i want to listen to which is why i think for me like stogie t is my favorite rapper because it's like and reason because they talk about all that shit but they still entertain you you're like what yeah stogie is on another level you just said uh you know what i mean like they have like these really really insane lines and you know i I derive pleasure from that. Yeah. How do you feel about the public uh, putting Aries and Nasty C against each other? Uh, I think it's bullshit, but I've grown to accept that people always put rappers against each other. Do they? Ha- you do you think that duality is important, or that like binary essentially? Like you know, you have the AK Casper, you had Biggie and fucking Tupac. Do you feel like the public wants this rivalry like all the time? People love. Um, and even Dre and people Ka- love drama. Drake and Kanye. <laughs> people love drama. You know, I'm not gonna lie. I also love drama, but I won't. I won't start drama. Like if it's there, I'm gonna watch. You know, it's like <laughs> I, 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 I grow, growing up, I used to like watching people fight. You know, but it's not like I would make people fight. But I'm like, I y'all fighting. I'm gonna stand and watch. <laughs> so you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> so I, I think it's unnecessary. I think it's unnecessary, but I've realized that it'll never, it'll never stop. Just like you're saying. But do you think like it doesn't help their careers, though? Like, isn't that rivalry? It, no, it, it it helps. I mean, it boosted AKA and Casper so much. Like, yeah. for me, I feel like Casper wouldn't have become the star that he was without if it wasn't that rivalry. For the AKA beef, because people then get to choose sides um, according to like a lot of things. Because uh, you know, though, some people were like actually a lot of Casper fans are just aka haters yeah and also you know a lot of mean? people relate to Casper for different things other than just his yeah. music like um, like you were saying you know he's an inspiration and stuff whereas aka is obviously seen as having a bit more of a silver spoon in his mouth seen as being less of a for the people kind of guy and arrogant and well, you know and I don't un- I'm like as I told you I don't really have any reservations about him being that way um, you know there's this thing that he said and he was like 
this is actually part of a bigger problem and I think it was an interview with Forbes I think when he was on the cover he said Forbes with Forbes eh? yeah oh, crazy right he, when he said we we always telling black people to feel to never flaunt their successes or and he was like that comes from slavery we were taught to be subservient that you know you can't be too much it's like a woman it's like a, when a woman becomes overly confident men feel that ah she's too much she's you know what i mean yep. i think that's the same thing that's happening to aka is like a black dude man you know black people aren't supposed to be arrogant black people are supposed to be humble and i'm like that's that's how you prefer to be be humble it's fine but don't then project that onto other people so yeah i so would you say you're like overriding philosophy is that like don't project your shit onto other people do you like that's that's me man that's me which is why again i feel like i'm able to listen and appreciate a lot of rappers like i can listen to an immortal technique and go all the way and listen to amigos because well, for me same. it's like, like you, you, you know what i mean because it's like that is just what immortal technique stands for and what makes him great is a b c and d and Migos, you know, for me, I think they changed the game. You know, they, you know that how, they, how brought, so? they brought back that triplet flow. I mean, if you listen to Versace, yeah, yeah, there was a time when everybody was rapping. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> to this day, to <laughs> this day, people are still rapping like they have hiccups and shit. You know what I mean? And it's actually becoming the standard in rap. Like you had that flex disc. Yep. You know, when you think of a disc track, you think, you know, like bars and you yeah. know. But, you know, that's something that, you know, it's like composure. When you listen to composure, for me, it was like... Dude, that song, that I love, no, That like is not <laughs> how diss tracks are traditionally supposed... If you listen to that but beat... I love that song, dude. It's, like it's, it's, it's fucking insane. When you listen to that beat, you're like... That's like a club song. Yep. Or, but, you know... you how, know. Actually, how do you feel about that? Because he made a hit out of their beef. Whereas Casper's track is so much heavier. It's horrible. Like that, like fucking, like that's, that's it's the cocaine and like he just yeah. he just spilled tea everywhere. It was just like you know, other I, but I I didn't have a problem with him spilling the tea again. I just felt like he should have rapped better. So that's it. Like he should have rapped because yo, he was off beat. He was. That but, was a horrible, he, he horrible song. His lyrics were just harsher. That's the whole thing. It was just his. And ho- I was there for that. And that was it. But the actual rapping, yeah. the actual song, it was terrible. And that was kind of my feelings on it too and like I feel like aka long term is one because composure will be no. played forever sure composure composure is that joint man like um, I and you know the fact that it became a hit like it's actually funny that it happened around the same time when Drake put out was it back to back yeah with and it was it actually topped the charts it was like this is the first time a this track is like topping whatever charts they use in the states and also for me it was just like pretty interesting like the parallels between South African hip-hop and American rap uh, which is why for me I've heard like some South African hip-hop um, writers or whatever like I don't listen to American rap and I'm like you can't not listen to American rap. But the thing rap. is you do listen to American rap if you listen to it, South African rap. That's crazy right? You know so I was like um, you know also I wouldn't have known that Casper was biting if I wasn't listening to that so yep. So I think it's it's very very important to to have like a to just expand your horizons in and you know for me like I even listen to stuff that's coming out of Ghana or and you know not just like Sakodi or whosoever like not like the popular dudes so if you, I don't know there's this guy called EL from Ghana I'm like he's one of the best doing it right now you know so I think uh, it's very interesting to just like 
if you look at the parallels and you know because even like the rivalry in in um in in in, in you know we have sakodi and manifest and there this small and beef going on there and yeah you have aka and casper like even in afrobeats you have whiskey and davido yeah you know so for me i think again as a writer context context is very important and you'll only gain insights if you you expand your horizons you can't you can't listen to one thing you can't listen to one thing it's, by the way how much yeah. has working for okay africa helped you expand your horizons in terms of african stuff were you always listening to more hip-hop from the rest of africa always have, always have. so before okay africa I was writing for the african hip-hop blog which oh cool it's still offline going. at the moment yeah because i reason i remember reading it sometimes back yeah. in the day so yeah i mean so i've always i've always had an interest uh in stuff that's happening outside of the continent you know and i think you know meeting those dudes and just li- really realizing that this continent is bigger than south africa and swaziland where i'm from and you know there's this there's this tweet that i put out that people actually crucified me for it and i had to delete it before it became like a whole mess where I w- and you know it just said a lot about south africans for me especially south african hip-hop fans where i was like you can never tell me that nasty c is the best rapper in africa if you can't name five rappers from tanzania or, or no you're 100 percent accurate because there. you can't say something is the best that best is a comparison you know to everything else you know <laughs> what i mean so and people were like people actually thought i was attacking nasty c i was like no it's one of my favorites that is not about nasty c but again and people were like no nah, if you don't know about them then it means they're not the best i was like that is so dumb you didn't just say that so it was um it was you know, I was just like, wow, South but Africans really see themselves. You know, South Africans are like the Americans of Africa, yep. you know. Yep. Like, actually, I interviewed Mos Def um, many, many years ago, 2013, I think. Oh, he snap. was like, and you know, um, I think somebody on social media or something was like, do you guys listen to American, uh, African music? He was like, you know what? America sees itself. Don't chase America's approval, you know. Yep. Um, which is what a lot of South African rappers are doing, but it's like whatever. And so the weirdest thing is that's yeah. changing now because America is looking here, Europe is looking here. Like yeah. we're being looked at, we're having our yeah. shit stolen by them. Hell yeah! Like yeah, and motherfuckers are still trying it's to be like always them. It's been happening. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. But also, you know, so this whole thing of like South African rappers trying to be whatever American, it's um, it's very layered for me. You know, first of all. If you're a South African artist, you make this song of yours and you go to Metro FM, they're like, it doesn't fit our format. <laughs> or, but when you're listening to, I don't listen to radio, I'm assuming, like, when I look at the songs that actually play, you're like, um, who's this? There's this person who was like, you know, on radio, they have rules, they don't really put them out. It's like, uh, it's going so to be three and a half minutes long, you know, can't be longer And then they were like, you know, yeah. no 808. No it's not gonna get. It's no, no, they, were, they were like saying, if there's no 808, oh, it's, it's probably not gonna get played. Oh, okay. If there's no auto tune, or you know, or if there's no melodies, you know, things like those. Okay. And then solo, the solo, the solo was like, a lot of artists have taken loans to make these albums, and you have to make it work. Yeah. So for some of them, it comes from pressure, but for some of them, like a guy like Nasty C, he just grew up on that. You know yeah. what I mean? He really just grew up on that. And well, he grew up on like what, Lil Wayne and stuff like that. I think I remember yeah, reading his t- early I, stuff. Was, yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, there's also that. And 
also there's a thing that i always say that the pressure is put too much on hip-hop to be un-american everything is american yep you know and i'm not sure if you read this piece but i made an example i was like if you look at afropunk for example where people are supposedly unapologetically african somebody was like um people black people at afropunk south africans at afropunk are gonna look like caricatures of americans trying to look like Africans. african you know i mean if you look at the dashiki yeah me and my brother used to have dashikis many many years ago people used to laugh at us and then schoolboy q started rocking that shit everybody was like ah dashiki is african whatever so you know what i mean i was like it's not just a hip-hop thing and then now everybody's rocking a dashiki because americans are wearing it you know you have all these movements like even when people quote black writers they will quote bell hooks Yep. That will, you know, but the pressure is just always on hip hop. You know, I'm just like, leave rappers the fuck alone. We're doing the same shit you're doing. Just because we're wearing Jordans that are overtly American, and y'all now are on this, um, you know, even like this whole creating in my own terms, whatever, whatever, that comes from America. You know what I mean? So for me, it's just like, well, I mean, hip hop literally comes from America. Like, there's also that. Like, it's the same thing. Like, if you listen to reggae dudes, they speak with a Jamaican accent because, and I don't think. They hate being African. I don't think they hate uh, being from here. I don't think they even want to move to Jamaica. It's just when you listen to the music, you know, it sits into your personality. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, so I'm not saying that it's okay. But I always just tell people that try to look at things again, going back. Nothing exists in a vacuum. That's what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? So, you know, you always get people being like, ah, you trying to, I'm just like, you're probably doing the same thing too, but okay, it's fine. Like, I just don't know. It's just always easy to criticize rap. I don't know, because maybe it's looked at as ignorant. I don't know what the reasons. I mean, rap is often seen as ignorant, but I think it actually is, could also just be because it's black. Like, There's also that. Like, I think a lot of rap music... Actually, I've never, I've never heard uh, people going on about white South Africans and rock. No, music. and guess what? Pretty much all our music sounds fucking American. It's crazy. That's why you know, I don't listen so to like that much like, like of so local rock stuff. Gabby Leroux once said that about Reason and them sound American. I was like, you were making rock sounding beats for Mendoza. W- what do you mean? You yeah. sound American. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. It's it's weird. Yeah. So no, I mean, it, it's a small criticism that sometimes get leveled at rock bands and stuff, but it's also just become irrelevant now. People are just like, whatever. That's the genre of music. You just you're mean? making a genre yeah, of music. That's like, what it is. That's what it is. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. Like, uh, you know, the originality thing, and you know, it's you can like still be original though within like sounding American because if you're rapping in Zulu it doesn't matter like how Americanized your music might be it's still going to be completely fucking different also for me you could sound like okay Malum Koke yeah or you could sound like pro like a lot of Kasi rappers do because you know it's like it's a it's a it's an issue for because then you're just an Aries to sound like a Drake but it's okay to sound like an okay Malum Koke I'm like the problem is have you found country? a lot of kids these days are starting to do that as well though like Koke yeah I've been yeah, finding a lot more music lot I'm hearing is and you like know for me I'm like that is the same as Riz sounding like Drake. They're just emulating what they're listening to. You know what I mean? So it's like a... And you know, the conversation I had with my friend Utiris so was like... Also, if you look at a guy like Nas... Nas sounds like Rakim. Like, cool <laughs> rap. But as yeah. soon as a South African rapper sounds like... As you're saying, it's a genre. We should look at it in terms of genre. Um, you know, I think I cringe or not even cringe i just roll my eyes when i listen to south african rappers saying 10th grade i'm like bitch it's grade 10 yeah you know what i mean it's okay for you to 
sound whatever, but you know, say things the way we say them here. Exactly. Because no, nobody, yeah. nobody in South Africa in everyday conversation been like, my child is going to ten grade. It's grade ten. See, to me, that's the thing. Is personalize it, man. Like just. You can sound you can sound like your influences and that you can yeah. you openly that's fine yeah but personalize it we talk course. about your hood talk about yeah. your experiences yeah. talk about make it unique in that way so that it can't be replicated Hell yeah. even if the sound might be a little bit similar to something you've heard yeah. before it's yeah. still a unique experience yeah. so I mean if you look at guys like Muzi for example yeah, or Java yeah Java released something today you can you I'm can always you can always tell that oh this person is influenced by this like I've hung out with Java for like half a day and he was listening to Future and Young Thug and I was like hmm now I actually get and your influences but you know he made it his and yeah, you, I mean, know, you can tell Afrovision like was he been listening to some K-Tronada exactly, some Blue and that sort of stuff you know, but, but it's he still made a it his you know what album. I mean yeah so so yeah it's um I I'm, <laughs> I I'm very lenient very lenient when it comes to that because you know, I understand where it comes from. Also, just like as a growing up as a hip hop head, it was tough, man. It was tough because, you know, with our baggy pants, sagging them, and you know what people call those names, and we were like, I'm not even trying to be, man. I just, I just love this lifestyle. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's a weird thing. So, I, I like, I know about this, but I never experienced it. But Shit. the quieto hip hop thing in like South Africa and Southern Africa was kind of a big thing. Like hip hop kids got given a lot of shit. It was crazy. Like it was crazy. It's actually funny. Like if you look at Zegezege, for example, he was very anti hip hop. Yeah. You know, but now he's the one. He ended up signing a guy like Pro, and it was it was weird, man. Like it's always weird. And but do you do you think Quato needed that to cement its identity as something different? Like needed to be South African? Well, no, to be like anti hip hop almost, so that it was no. like we're not hip hop. No. We are Quato. We no. Are, no. I just believe that's really what they believed in. It was really just a stance. Like, it didn't make sense to them that we're here, we're Pantula, we have All Stars and Dickers, and you guys are coming here with Timberlands. And I think it, it just came from wanting to be all originally African, but they didn't realize that by so doing, they're oppressing other people. And that, that happens to this day, you yeah. know, where a person is like, um, just because they are doing ABC. A, B, and C better. You must not do D, E, and F. And I'm like, you know, but you also have your areas of, you know, just like yeah. the examples I made about uh, Amer Americanization in almost everything that we do. You know, like even if even if you look at Quaito, um, there was a lot of hip hop influence. Yeah, you well, know what I mean. And see, that's what all, what made it weird to me was because Quaito to me isn't like necessarily an extension of hip hop, but it is. There's a lot of hip hop. Took in a it. lot of yeah, like yeah. this. When I listen to Quiet, so I hear a lot of hip hop. Definitely, so there was a lot of that. Like also, like I feel like, especially when it's uh, in like the two thousands, when you listen to guys like Scheme, even when you look at how they were dressing, it was just like wow, you guys are really just hip hop heads. And there's this documentary that I watched that was done by Rashid K. This person was like, we kind of ended up having to do Quieto because hip hop was just not working out, and you don't want to waste your life. You don't know waste your life. You know what I mean? I, I mean, there's many musicians <laughs> throughout history that have shifted their sounds because yeah. they weren't making it. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really have that much of a problem with that, man. Like, But I just really feel like if you're going to get into something and want to be an authority, educate yourself in it. You know what I mean? So if you were like one of those quieter dudes and now you want to tell us about hip hop, you got to do the work that we did. 
you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with people switching styles or... Fair enough, man. I think we've, like, we've got so much here. Yeah. I think the main thing people Definitely. can take away from you is, you know, just do your own thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> Pretty much. Like, and don't, Pretty much. Yeah, don't yeah. be bothered too much about anyone else. Yeah, I think, I think there's just a lot of overthinkers in this life. And, you know, and again, this Although is Although it's ironic for a writer who clearly overthinks. No, I'm not an overthinker. Really? I would say I'm an insightful thinker. There's a, because, you know, for me, overthinking. It's just, I know your stuff. I know your work. Yeah. Like, I know, like, just by reading it, I know yeah. how much you've thought about what's going like, on there. But to be, let me just, like, just closing. I don't think about it as much as you think I do. Really? For me, it it's comes... Just natural. It comes from... Um, again, it just comes from knowing something so much, you know? And I'm not saying I'm a hip-hop expert, but I really, really know about rap. It just comes from knowing it. And so, for example, it's like when um, Casper makes a song like Doc Chevelleza, I'm like, yeah... ASAP Ferg didn't even start that shit because Outkast had a song called um, Rosa Parks. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things. Sure, or, you I, know what actually I mean? I didn't think about and that. when people are like going on about 808, I'm like, Africa Bambata uh, <laughs> was using 808 in the fucking 80s. So for me, I'm just like, so um, I think more than, I'm not an overthinker, I, I, I'm just not for groupthink. Fair enough. So when people are like, ah, uh, you know, like I think the. You either, ah, oh, man, I hate these trap dudes because they are whatever, whatever. Or I like this boom bap shit because for me, I'm just like, I'm, I'm not going to go with what you are. Yeah, you can just be like, I like some of this boom bap. I like some of this trap. You know what that I mean? That trap sucks. That boom bap yeah. sucks. Yeah. So more than anything else, the way I think about my work, it just comes from my insights. That's, that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, well, sure. thanks for your work, man, and thanks for everything you've like Thank you, contributed bro. Thank to. Thank you for making me feel important. <laughs> nah, dude. Like, I genuinely feel like what you're doing and your writing is super important at Thank the moment. So I think you've documented a lot of important stuff. I think your to me interview Shit. is something that needed to happen. Yeah. Like, no one's gotten that interview like quite like that. No one's Shit. like, no one's written, no one's written as well about him as you have. Either. Thank you so, so like, much, bro. I yeah. So I just keep doing it, man. Keep Thank at you. it and Thank keep you. contributing Thank to you. the culture. Yeah. <laughs> so much respect for you as well. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Obi. Sure.